And we bring you this special election edition of the Hoop Ball Podcast of the Sacramento Kings Hoop Ball Podcast. Presented by Hoop Ball, along with B. Heard and Joe Edge and Damian Barling. And this isn't an election podcast whatsoever. It's just taking place, I would say, the day after the election. It's not even like election day anymore. It's like election season. It's, yeah, it, it's going to go on for a while. <laughs> yeah, like we need to come up with a because everyone says get out there and vote on election day. It's like, well, no, that's not really election day. That's like when election day ends because you got mail in balance. We had all of this voting early. They need to change the rules so everything is the same. Like the fact that 100 percent, the fact that like when did we got our ballots? What, like a month ago? Mm-hmm. The, the fact that go right on the website and register to see when it was mailed. And when you dropped it off, like I dropped mine off yesterday at the grocery store and went shopping and all I had to do was scan and log in. And today we got it. Thank you. Like, yeah, it's and the, and, and the fact that doing it for the first time and it's like, yeah, the fact that it can't start to be counted is so silly. Like every state is different and all of these different things are happening. And, and it's so we're counting two weeks earlier. Yeah, so and it's, it's, like it's different for everyone, and it doesn't really make sense that way. I I love that the polls close at seven o'clock in California, and by like seven o two, it was announced different. that <laughs> like there are people standing in line, and it's like, all right, just we know this is dumb, but you got to stay in line. And so, you know, as we're recording this, you know, obviously stuff is still going on. Everybody's watching Arizona and. Georgia and Pennsylvania and all of these things are changing. So we thought we'd jump on here as we do every Wednesday and give you a podcast that has nothing to do with the election that has to do with your Sacramento Kings is I guess we're just a couple of weeks away from, I would say, electing a new member of the Sacramento Kings to tie it all together. But obviously they'll be selecting someone in the draft, which this might be, Jill, the last podcast we do in which the draft is the only thing we know because Mark Stein and Adrian Wojnarowski have been tweeting all day about this call that is taking place on Thursday with the league, uh, the board of governors and the NBA players association. And based on what we got from both Adrian Wojnarowski and Mark Stein, it sure sounds like uh, this CBA is going to be redone a little bit. And it sounds like basketball will be here. Uh, Training camp will start on December 1st and the NBA will get underway on December 22nd. Yep. Can you imagine November 18th draft and then free agency 48 to 72 hours after that? Dude. Wow. (laughs) I mean, that is just, it's just incredible to think about. And then we go right into like, there's no, and then I, boom, training camp, like it's boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm excited. Like I, I'm excited to talk about the Kings. I'm excited to see the Kings. I'm really excited. And I know this is dumb. Like, this is Kings podcast. I, I, I covered the Sacramento Kings. I'm excited to see the Warriors. You know what I mean? We, we haven't seen Steph. Like I miss oh, Steph Curry. Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm excited to see, you know, the new look Brooklyn like, Nets and all that. <laughs> the truth is I don't miss basketball yet. <laughs> Like, I'm not like quite there where it's like, oh man, there's it's it's Wednesday and there's no game, or it's Thursday and there's no game. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to be excited when December 22nd gets here. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be excited when the draft and free agency and all that stuff. It just means right now, I don't really miss it yet. 
Like, I can't imagine how these players feel where they're like, yeah, dude, how do you think we feel? We really don't miss it yet. Except for the ones that have to leave that didn't get to, to show up and do anything. I could, I could imagine that or, and, and the guys getting ready for the draft who didn't get to do their March madness and, and come on. I mean, these guys are itching to show all the weight they put on, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, wh- what they have done physically to prepare themselves for this on their own time. I mean, o- literally on their own time. The um, mandatory 10 pounds of muscle that is gained during an off season. It happens every, it happened during the four month break. That wasn't even the off season. And you started getting yeah. the 10 pounds of muscle I story. I remember who the article I was reading about, but it was like, oh, you know, he's so small. And they're like, but wait till you see the way he's put on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because these kids are babies. I mean, yeah. they're, they change so much. Um, I mean, Harry, I thought Harry changed. I thought Harry Giles changed like during the season a couple of years ago. Like his, like, I felt like his frame just kept, I was like, this dude is getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh by the month think about it like he he went from having like a bunch of half seasons essentially in a row Mm -hmm. um to where his body like was never really able to be a healthy full full body out there to show um what he could do it was like oh my legs are hurt i'm having to work on the upper body or you know i mean like there was always something that um, he was, he was having to do that. You never really got to see, yeah. you know, his, which is what is so sad is there are guys coming out into this draft that are older than Harry Giles. <laughs> and we gave him a way for nothing. Yeah. Like, even if you don't think he's going to be this huge different thinker, you don't just give away players for nothing, especially when they just get healthy. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, and, and that's like one of the IQ like he has. And you can see pieces of him that can be very serviceable. That's one of the frustrating. There are a lot of frustrating things as it pertains to Harry Giles. I'd argue the most frustrating is you got through all of the hard stuff. Like you got through the hard part, like rehabbing him. You know, you, 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 you took a chance on him in the draft. Everybody praised it. Everybody praised Harry Giles and just said, get the brother healthy and you'll be fine. Just get him healthy. We don't know that he's going to be that kid we saw in high school, but we know he's a good player. And you got through all of that, and then you got your feelings hurt, and it's like it was Vlade's parting shot to the organization where it's like, I'm going to teach him a lesson. Yeah, I mean, you literally set him for a full redshirt season to literally get him healthy, and you finally do, and it's like, exactly. Here we go. Learn this yeah. lesson, kid. Yeah, it's it, it's so maddening and so frustrating. But even the PR stuff they were putting out about it, it it was just it left a sour taste. I mean, and it's yeah, um, yeah. Deep breath. It's all right. Deep breath. We're 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 moving on. We we we'll have a we've got a new front office, and that's the that's the thing. Like change is exciting, right? Yeah. And we don't know. I I, I don't know what this. I don't know what this new front office is going to do for the organization, but I know from a outsider's perspective, uh, from a fan perspective, from a media perspective, it feels right. 
I don't know that Monty's going to be great at his job. I don't know that this front office is going to be great at his job. But I know I take extra comfort knowing that they didn't hire a former player, that they didn't hire no one with someone with like zero experience. Like that, that to me feels like true change. The Pete to Vlade, uh, and then the segue from Vlade to getting his coaches, and then the segue to the new coach, and then Joe Dumars, and all of this different stuff. None of that felt like change. It felt like what the hell? That's what it felt like. And this feels like, no, we're changing. We're changing things in this organization. And this is our first step. It's that front office. And that's exciting. Right. There's no more. Sorry, I'm not going to come to you because I'm more qualified and have more experience than you. Like it's, I mean, there is a legit, there seems to be a legit structure. Um, and for all intensive purposes, everyone seems to be on the same page. Um, so yes, those are all pluses definitely heading into the new season. And then depending on how they end up working out, they're going to have like the possible play-ins and maybe like an in-league tournament. So, There's some extra things that you know can make it interesting for a team that always finishes like 10th, 11th, because they're talking about taking 7, 8, 9, 10 and having a play-in and the nine and 10 have to be win twice in a row without losing in order to like bump up themselves. Like it's, it definitely is going to make it really interesting. And especially for a team at the bottom, it could give her a sliver of a chance. I, so I like the idea that, you know, something of, of, of the, (laughs) The, the horrible 2020 or the horrible bubble that they they had to go through. Like I, I admire that like something might be, Hey, you know, we had to make some changes. We had to adjust on the fly. We might have something here that we can stick with and keep, but like, help me out. Like, what if hypothetically you said, what did you say? What did you say? Seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, 10. That's four. Okay. Dude, 10. So be the two i'm assuming it'd be what seven playing 10 and eight playing okay nine. yeah okay makes that, that that makes perfect sense and i think seven and eight have to win once this was i believe from whatever they have to win once and they move on and that's what happened in the bubble to win two in a row and yes and we didn't really get that because um didn't Port- portland they just took the eight spot from memphis and then they just beat him again. There was no like third game, right? Didn't they just beat him in the first one? So right. we got like a little taste of it, but not really. And it was a fun, exciting game. Like it came down to it. I mean, so what happens though? Pissed off, but in a in a West conference that is literally always a bloodbath for the teams at the bottom, it definitely adds a. It adds, but but does. So, but does that make it good? Like, th- think about. Are they okay. really worried about it being good, though, or are they? I don't know, about- and and that and that's the thing. It's a couple extra of TV games. It's a couple. Of, I mean, there's. I think th- there could be things like that going on in the background. It's these are. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. But what if? What if you're playing like the ten? What if you're talking about like a thirty-two win team? playing a seventh seed like this year. I mean, Dallas was the seventh seed and they were the seventh seed or, or I think it was Dallas. They were seven, like the seventh seed by a long shot. At that point, 
take the top 16 teams in the league or, you know what I mean? Like take however, or the top 20 teams, no matter the conference and do it that way then. So then at least you're still getting the top of the top. And if, if you want to go that route, I mean, I don't know, but sometimes you see in baseball, you see the wild card. Yeah, team, that's true. A lot less, and then yeah. it just takes one hot streak. That's true. And I guess I like that, that it's not, I mean, in a wild card, in a wild card game, it's, it's one. Yeah. March madness. You see the same, you, you get those, those Cinderella, you know. And the first time that it happens, I mean, if a, if a, if a 30 something win team or whatever beats a a seventh seed that has 45 wins or whatever, twice in a row or two out of three times, It'll it'll be a cool story, and I and I guess it's on the seventh seed to 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 get the job. I, I'm, I'm I guess I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. it. It's it's a new it's an it adds more games, which you know this the season is shortened this year. No matter no matter what, and there was you know a concern, and I I think that's a fair word to use concern that the season was going to start on MLK Day on January 18th, and I never heard any other day mentioned. It was either December 22nd. Or it was MLK Day, and that was it. Those were the only two options. And I think once everybody was presented with, okay, here are the financial ramifications for starting on MLK Day, and then here is what we have financially if we start on Christmas. It, it, it's and I know there's like an escrow account, which I, I I'm not going to pretend to completely understand. So I know there's a lot of stuff at play. It's stretched out over multiple years, but it seems like the financials are a major reason why this is getting done. Yeah. But I'd argue that this is going to be a tale of two NBAs. There's going to be the Sacramento Kings, and there's going to be probably for a stretch the Golden State Warriors, and um, those two teams aren't in the same category. But the 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 Warriors need to play. Um, but then you're going to have teams like I th- I think Boston is going to start to fall into this category. Obviously, the two LA teams, the Miami Heat. We're going to see load management in a way that we've never seen it before. We might see LeBron go full 2016 or 17 and just take a couple weeks off. Yeah, my fantasy team will hate that, but... Dude, you play fantasy basketball? Oh, yeah. That's psychotic. That's crazy. It's a dynasty. I don't Um, know what that means. It's Bryant. Bryant's... I don't know what a di- I don't I hate fan I hate fantasy sports. I play fantasy football because I feel like I was pressured into it and it was supposed to be this bonding experience at ESPN 1320 and it's not. It's I like I hate it and I'm going to lose money and I hate losing money. It makes me angry. But basketball like do you have to set a lineup like every night? You can set it up for the week too unless there's injuries. Like I mean and the way at least my like and because it's dynasty you're either most of the time you're either in rebuild, so it's not that big of a deal or, or you're contending. And my team is older contending ones. And so, um, I mean, you do have to watch for load management and things like that. Yeah. Um, but no, like you could, like I said, you can set your lineup for the week and you're, like I said, just pay attention if there's injuries or, or matchups, yeah. if you, you know, really want to do it, but now our league's fun. I think I think we're going to see a lot of load management. Yeah, or in there that you would know. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I bet I just I hate fantasy sports probably because I'm bad at it and I forget or 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 whatever. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. 
It just drives yeah. me crazy. But I mean, it is one where you actually have to pay attention. I did hockey one year and that was like, I changed my, my lineup like every day. Like it was, I had a whole new team every day. Um, I don't even, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like you played fantasy hockey, Jill. Like I don't, you know what? I don't anymore, but I did at one point. You know what I'll say about that though is. I've done baseball. I've done them all. It's like, you should be surprised. I've done them all. No, no, I'm, I'm totally, you know, and the great, the great thing is I'm not surprised because one thing that I think about fantasy sports, as much as I hate them, detest them, I think it forces people to learn more about players and learn more about the game. So I feel like there's an older, and, and I don't mean old, I just mean an older group of people who learn a lot about sports by doing fantasy. And then like the younger crowd, the, like my nephew, uh, when he was really like, you know, four years ago, he was really into like Madden and NBA Live and all that stuff. He knew every player on every team. He knew every play that they ran. Like he learns the sport through video game. Whereas I think there's a, a slightly older group, and I'm sure many of uh, old, old, older people do too as well. But I think there's a, an older group that learned the game through fantasy football and, and or, or fantasy sports and drafts and gambling and things like that. Yeah, and I will have to say too, like depending on how much you really invest or into it, um, there's some really cool like analytic sites out there too, where you're learning so many different things like percentages and things that you wouldn't necessarily pay attention to normally if you're if you're just watching um a game so it kind of gives you a whole different perspective um and and looking at stuff like that so so it's 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 helpful and 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 i think that's that's going to come into play that's why everybody's going to wind up being a draft expert is and and I, you know what you know what I think is going to be so unique about this draft is there are people who are so starving for for their particular basketball team, like Kings, perfect example. I I think the Golden State Warriors they're in that unique position where they're drafting it too, and so we're going to learn so much about these draft picks just because it's content, it's basketball content for us, and we really get to sink our teeth into it, and fans really get to sink their teeth into it, which is why we had Bryant West on. It's why you know we're going to uh, continue to have guests on. It's why we're doing – oh, by the way, I'm, we're doing a draft show on ESPN 1320. I work at ESPN 1320. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the show from 12 to 2, uh, Monday through Friday with Kenny Carraway. We're doing an eight-hour – draft day show so you're going to be one of our guests we're just loading that show up with people like we're going to create like some sort of round table or something and ultimately we're just going to like kick back and wind up doing like king's talk and draft talk for like eight hours so i volunteered you so you're welcome awesome thank you no but honestly like we're gonna have that and then we'll have free agency talk on there i'm assuming because it's right and i joked and and then i joked like right after our eight hour uh draft show we're gonna have an eight hour free agency show i mean it's and you know like we said it's gonna be coming in like it's like the last day of trade deadline like right yeah it's it's gonna be and and let me let me pull up so the 18th so the so 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 the draft is the 18th, which means you'd have to think that free agency is probably the like the 21st, maybe or the or the or even the 20th. You got to think that it's within days of that because once you get into the next week, it's it's Thanksgiving. Now I I mean sports don't like take holidays, 
But still, like you're talking about agents, you're talking about teams, you're talking about executives. I don't think they're going to be running. Maybe they're going to maybe they'll start it like after uh, Thanksgiving. But then that takes you to the start of training camp, which is December 1st. The only likelihood really is 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 like the 20th and 21st and 22nd. Like one of those days has to be the start of free agency. Yeah. Brother going to get signed having turkey dinner on Thanksgiving. And he's like, hey, you just signed with Sacramento. Like, hey, great. You're going to have signing, signing trades. There's going to be all kinds of. And now you're already seeing, I mean, today you saw Drew Holiday's name get get brought up. And we'll yeah. see if that his name gets brought up closer to draft time as well. Um, you're hearing Boston talking about offering their three first round picks. Um, I think they're offering a player too. Yeah, who else? I, I think they're ready to get rid of Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I would. I hey, saying Gordon for Buddy. That's like something around there. So I we talked about that today on D one KC twelve to twenty ESPN thirteen twenty. I love that idea because I love Gordon Hayward. Um, but what I can't envision is Buddy Heald as a Celtic. <laughs> and I brought like I I once mentioned a name to a, a, a former Boston Celtic coach. You'll never guess who. But I once mentioned a name to this particular coach. And her response was, he's not a Celtic. And I like that. Like, it was like, okay, there's a, there's a, a there's a Celtic. Like, that's a, a thing there. Like, that's a legit thing there. Like, he's not a Celtic. And it was like, oh, okay. All right. I get it. it, it okay. I can't see Buddy being Celtic. No offense, like to me, when I hear that, I think of like grit, bulldog mentality, like just like crazy. And no offense, like that's not him. Yeah, well, and and, and also, uh, no offense. I also think they look for smart players. And so, like, and, and I and I, I, like they have good guy, like just both ends of the court. Right, right, and Marcus. He's not going to put up with anything. Like, literally, he will put up with absolutely nothing. It will take Buddy to screw up one time in practice after being told to do something. I just, I can't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, as you saw from them in the bubble, holding each other accountable. Right, yeah. If you thought our old coaches were hard on you. (laughs) Yeah, like, the right, exactly. And the story, that stuff isn't, unusual in Boston, like, you know, uh, arguments, scuffles, like that is not unusual. Like they hold each other accountable. It's why they've been so successful all of these years with this group. And Gordon Hayward's been so, I, 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 I mean, I don't, I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like he never, it, he never got to fit in, in Boston. He, he's, you know, there's all this hype around him. He's their big free agency signing. They got these draft picks. They're building stuff. Uh, they, they, I, I, I think that was they. It, I don't think it was when they landed Kyrie Irving, and then five minutes into the season, he suffers a just a god awful injury, and the Celtics they went off and running, and then Kyrie misses time, and it's like, oh, I don't care. We're just off and running like we're good to go. I think they were in the Eastern Conference Finals that year. They didn't have to use the injury excuse. Crazy, right? Crazy, right? They had the depth that we that people here like to think that we. Have. 
Yeah. Yeah, indeed they did. I still, you know, we joke, I still like the Kings team. I don't think it's what some fans think it is. You know, the, 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 you know, I'll never forget being on the other radio station is that uh, Dave Yeager year is coming to an end and people are like, I don't care if we don't make the playoffs because we're winning 50 games next year. Why be the eighth seed when you can be the fourth seed next year? It's like, oh man, what, what? I'm sorry. Excuse me. I don't, I don't, I never thought that that was a thing, but I've, you know, I've said this a million times to you on this podcast and privately, I don't think this is a 30 win roster. Yeah. Like I just don't. And they, they show when they have injuries, they show their cracks because they're not a bunch of guys that are just strong two way, two way high IQ guys. They're, I mean, they're not, they're, they're, good at most for this part they're very good at one thing Mm -hmm. and then it's trying to figure out how to salvage the the rest of it um together and for a lot of them as much as we hate saying pace and all this stuff they play better that way because they they like with dave they were able to run guys off the court and exhaust them Mm -hmm. and and that made a big enough difference for half a season. (laughs) I mean, eventually it caught up to them because I think they got tired themselves and people kind of started figuring out ways to try and prevent. I think that's it. But but for a good half, nobody knew what to expect and nobody was that conditioned at all um, to be able to handle that for, for a game. So, um, and, and we've never been able to see this Kings team play a full game of, basketball i mean it's always you know a good quarter here yeah horrible good here again and then bad and then even worse like there's there was a season where i was there might have been two seasons but there was definitely one where i was counting the number of quarters they scored like below 17 or something and then they even had a tally of games where they scored in single digits in a quarter like it was bad man I, there were, I had I had multiple tallies where they'd score under 20 under 17 like it would just be and then next court 42 41 and then 13 like oh yeah. what what and is this team was it was every game it was like no one could figure out how to stop it well <laughs> like, remember that I mean it's no matter how many times we heard we have to watch the tape like oh my god it gosh. didn't help it did not help <laughs> we appreciate the watch the tape line as it launched a new podcast on the be heard podcast platform called watching the tape with Sanja Singh and Tim Maxwell you can find that here on whatever podcast platform you're listening on just search watching the tape or be heard um well remember the third quarter too the, the, we all knew, like, no matter what was happening in the first or second, we knew the third quarter would come, and it happened, and it was like, oh, that's not a I – rem- I remember Luke Walden's – oh, that, that's a that's a media-created thing. Nah, bro, it's an analytics thing. You suck in the third quarter, and until you don't, we're going to continue to talk about how you suck in the third quarter. And then I think a couple of games, you know, went by where they were able to perform well. I think they had one huge third quarter, and it kind of put that to rest for a little while. Good old, good old days. Um, good old but days. Now there's another opening. On- I was just about to ask you about that. Have you started your? Um, I don't, I don't know where this, this, this opening is on the bench. But have you started your list 
of available coaches to fear fill this opening from what people were saying that like he how we saw when um Igor left like he was more of the offensive guy and we filled that offensive spot with gentry mm-hmm. that um i think it was jason jones had said that when they had played well defensively bob was the one that was credited with that which yeah. to me means maybe they're going to look at like i had said what is like one of the best defensive players and is interested in coaching in the NBA right now, Gary Payton. I mean, if you're going to, yeah. they're going to, so my well, guess, they're going to look for someone defensively. If that's truly what maybe that position was, which again, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know how they view the rest of their, their staff um, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. But if that's what you're looking to fill, that's that would be an interesting name to me. I, and I want I would love him working with Fox, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we really are going to take a, a point guard, possibly at 12, which some of the names that have been linked to us um, are point guards, then um, yeah, Bobby, ja- you'd have Bobby Jackson and Gary Payton there um, working with your with your point guards. But at this point, it's really hard to know what they're looking for and who is available on what bench at this point, where so close to the season starting, which to me, why it would kind of make sense to grab someone who's interested in coming that isn't already with another team. So uh, for those who aren't kind of may have just jumped into that too far. And that's my fault. Bob Byer is going to join Stan Van Gundy in new Orleans. Um, Who's the best defensive player in the Sacramento Kings era, do you think? Era or on the bet? Oh, like Ron Artest? Sure. Era or yeah. yeah, Sacramento. Like, yeah. Doug Christie? I mean, of course. Okay. That's, Which, that, that's kind of what I expected I you to say. You were, yeah. But those are the two. <laughs> so I don't think I'm, I'm not going to speak for anybody, but I always got the inclination that Doug had a desire to coach. I've been saying that forever, but I never thought he did. I would love it. I have always been under the inclination that Doug has a desire to coach. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Now he has a job that probably pays. Well, I have no clue what Doug Christie makes, not the slightest clue. Okay. Go ahead. All of these, players that we were bringing back and doing all this stuff. We never once like, and every fan was screaming for Doug to be on a bench. And the one person you probably that like made the most sense out of anybody. If he really had that want, like they couldn't, they couldn't make it happen. Like how would does that happen? Well, I, I think I have a couple of answers to that. Uh, one Dave Jaeger. Um, two, again, I'm, I'm not in Doug's pocket. Doug and I are, 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 are good friends. Uh, he's one of the best people on the planet and anybody who even insinuates or hints at otherwise is a jack off. So he has a new job now and I'm going to guess it probably pays better Again, not I'm not in Doug's pocket. I'm I just but I do know the market. Yeah. I'm guessing that Doug's current job pays better than whatever position on the bench 
this is like and NBA so at this point. Yes. Assistant coaches don't make a lot of money. And, 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 and when I say that, I mean, do they make fine livings? Like, uh, like, yeah, like, of course, but they don't make like you, you know, you, you make money and then you make NBA money. Like those guys don't make NBA money. They don't make anything, you know, close to NBA money. Some of them make fine livings, but Doug is in TV. And so he, you know, gen, generally you do pretty well in television. So, you know, I don't know if that's a factor, but I had always hoped if, if Doug wanted to coach that he would continue to pursue it. Cause I can't have a conversation with Doug where I don't learn something. It's just not possible. And it, and it got to the point where I would start to ask him very specific questions. And he, he was always very, you know, open with how, whether it was a scheme or a certain way to guard a player or why would someone do this or why would someone do that? And I just, I don't know that there's a better defensive mind out there who is so hungry to teach people uh, than Doug Christie. And I mean, for what it's worth, yes, we don't know what the roster is going to be like, but you, the way those guys talk about Doug and their respect for him is that that's there. And there is that familiarity like that, that wouldn't be somebody new coming in that they're not used to being around and at the practice facility with these guys already. I mean, if, if, if Doug could work with De'Aaron on a daily basis, De'Aaron would be on an all defensive team. Like I'm positive of that. Like Doug was so invested in De'Aaron defensively and that was just during their conversations. Like that wasn't even coaching. That wasn't at practice. That wasn't in anything like that. That was just in those, those moments that they had together. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe the conversation has been had and I'm just not privy to it. I'm not, I'm not privy to those types of things with, with, with Doug, but the last time we talked, I had always felt like he coaching was something that he would love to do. Well, I mean, Ed, the fan base would be hundred percent. I don't think anyone would have to worry about that. Sure. There's would be nice if they fire. announced Doug's partner on television sometime soon. Right. And, and move on from all of that. You know, it'd be nice if everybody moved on from all of that. Like why the Sacramento Bee continues to write about a former play-by-play announcer is beyond me. Like the dude is gone. He's not coming back. He's not the play-by-play guy. Don't don't write what he has to say on his podcast about someone who's still here. Like, come on, man. That's trash. It's trash that the B wrote about it, and it's trash that that dude said it. Because when you say something about that when you're didn't cost him his job, <laughs> when you're on an island, when you're literally by yourself speaking about an individual, that says a lot about you. They always say, you know, if you don't like somebody. That probably says more about you than it does about them. Doug Christie is one of those guys. Yep. And, you know, to 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 attempt to attack his character because uh, he didn't do what you desperately wanted him to do is uh, just just disgraceful. Right. Absolutely well, disgraceful. Like I said, it didn't surprise me because when he when they first came back on Twitter and I think I'd said, you know, oh, great way to announce yourself as, you know, by liking tweets. Yeah him a coward and there you go yeah yeah you like you you were the one who made me aware of that and it was just like oh jesus man come on yeah what are, what are we doing doug is as stand up as a guy as, as there could be reflection at all like just i mean own up to it it's not doug's it's not doug's job 
people like him don't own up to anything. And it's, it's still, it amazes me. Like I, I've, I've been meaning to text Marcos Bertone. Like I really wish Marcos would just admit he got played. Like I, 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 and I know that like, I, I saw Marcos tweet about his podcast and all this. It's like, bro, he fucking played you like just acknowledge he did this whole, I'm, I'm old and I, I've got to learn. And, and I have so much to learn in my 60 years on this earth. And I, you know, and, and he big, big headline, he's apologetic. And then, and then he, you know, the, the follow-up column, former play-by-play announcer, unapologetic about all lives matter tweet. So it's different when you're begging to keep your job you're all teary eyed and old and you have so much to learn when you realize you've effed off your career. It's like, Oh, screw it. I'm going to double down on my whole MAGA stance here. Right. And I think other people mentioned this too, like that no matter what, like their relationship was like, he spent years talking about that when he was playing his marriage to his wife, like, I mean, really personal stuff like we've seen him do a lot to multiple players to the fact where it's no surprise that a lot of the players there was no love after you know that you know that their their relationship with the kings ended and you know what i mean like there was who a defended lot of, him? there were a lot of bridges burned like 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 who who defended and that's the thing stop writing about him name the play-by-play announcer and let's move on and put that piece of garbage in 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 the back in, on on the back burner forever. And he he's just gone and he's a forgotten part of King's history. And now of all of the changes that this organization has made over the last few months, that's the freaking best one. He's gone. Get someone in here to work with Doug. Build up a new you know build up your new television staff. We've got this front office. We got a draft pick coming up in two weeks. A month out now. Announce it. Yeah. Get it out there. Got training. The season's around the corner, for God's sakes. Like, who is it? I if I I can't get confirmation, and that's what's driving me nuts. I I know I know. Like, I've gotten privy to a little bit more of what happened. I I I know who it's down to, but I can't get confirmation on who it is, and it's driving me crazy because it's like just say it. Because I really want to know. Because one person is going to get a, and you know which person it is is going to get a really big reaction mm-hmm. i'm just like I, I but i don't know if it's that person's job or not because i can't get anybody to tell me maybe they don't know i don't know yeah i know they were they did a another round of i will say i've there's there's two people and i've been following them closely on social media mm-hmm. and if you're able to find them and look yep. at them yep uh, you can see that they're very like that you'd be like wait why are they commenting on something yep. things are yep. doing or why are they do so it's like they're still between the two of them they're still doing it so i'm like okay is there still hope for both of them <laughs> like yeah but, yeah but at this point just yes Wait, oh, do it they're too like just do it yeah i can't believe yeah. that dude i was going to save any thoughts on that dude for the the podcast on friday which has now become my drinking podcast where like the whole week is over and I just pour a little glass and sit in front of the microphone and start talking. And that's the the podcast I was going to Doug does it. And by the way, Doug doesn't need anybody to defend him. Like, I mean, like it's in <laughs> used an, an MLK quote, which just made it all the more like two remaining guys to me that like, what are you doing? You can't go at are Doug and Gary Gerald, like, that the fan base is like, no, like 
back off. Yeah. Gary's, yeah. Gary's one of those guys who you've got to like, you've got to let him do it his way when he's ready to be done. You've, you've got to let him, him, him do it his way. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, how could you? I, I mean, I say this. I can't. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine anybody saying anything bad about Doug. Like, just like I can't imagine anybody saying anything bad about Gary. But here we are. Right. So. I mean, right. Yeah. Here it's, we are. It's, yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll do another uh, deep dive into the draft. Um, just as I as I think about this out loud, I mentioned we had an eight hour uh, draft show coming up on ESPN 1320, which mar- probably means there might be a little adjustment to our uh, release schedule that week of the draft. We can either do one before uh, the draft or we could do one right after. Or maybe we could do uh, one of each, but that week is going to be a, a bit hectic. But we will be back next week. Maybe we could get... Oh, Rich Ivanowski on or, or, or someone else to talk uh, more about prospective Kings draft because it looks like this is all coming up here really soon. Depending on when you're listening to this, it, it may have already been announced, but we expect the NBA season to be announced uh, to start on December 22nd and training camp to begin on December 1st, although the particulars will be worked out over the course of the next couple of days. So it's reason for Kings fans to be really, really excited. And what – and. By next Wednesday, we will be literally a week out of the draft. So hopefully there will be some more, more chatter at that point. And I mean, every day we're seeing a little bit more and especially mm-hmm. after the vote tomorrow, um, it should be uh, full speed ahead. Votes have been taking a long time to count. So maybe by the time, uh, <laughs> may, maybe by the time we're back next week, Pennsylvania will be done counting their votes. Um, we I appreciate you. Friend. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you so much for being with us. Uh, she is Joe Adge. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. She's one of the, no wonder she's so smart about every sport. She plays fantasy, everything that it all, it all came together here on this podcast. So uh, give her a follow. I'm Damian Barling. Uh, subscribe, please rate the show. Please review the show. It goes a very, very long way, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And we will be back with more coverage of your Sacramento Kings in the upcoming draft next week here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network as partnership with Be Heard. That's a long tagline to get out of this podcast, by the way. That's like four different podcast networks and all of this different stuff. I, I apologize. We'll see you next week.